He continued with the conversation by stating that black men need to stop shooting each other and black women need to stop having so many babies. He went on to describe a black friend who bought himself up out of poverty and said that he makes no excuses and there is no room for others to make excuses during this time. He said that when he played baseball in the 1960s down in Alabama and Florida, there were signs that read, no Jews are allowed. We were shocked by his language during this conversation and none of the ladies said anything, including myself. He went on to say how he worked in the newsroom for Ebony Magazine and that was one of the most racist places he worked. He said that they would use the word throughout his time working there and they gave him a pass to use it because they were brothers. At this point he rolled up his sleeve and put his arm next to mine in order to compare skin color. He continued about the importance of the program that he had developed with the founder of Ebony Magazine and then stated that during this time our pageant has had black winners. Simultaneously all of the contestants whom he was speaking with said the name of that one contestant who had previously won, Miss Austin Williams. He then backed up and said, we've had also some first place winners, and we also said that person's name, which happens to be the director of the Delaware pageant. He ended our conversation with how he hoped we would have a good pageant and interview, then he left. The ladies and I gathered our thoughts and began to express our disappointment in his outright disrespect and callous thoughts. What the fuck? Let's talk about it. So what is really going on? I do not understand why in 2018 we are having these conversations, but then I feel like it is 2018 And this is why we're having these conversations, because people just don't know what to do. They don't know how to act. They don't know how to behave. They don't know what to say. And I think what the problem is that we saw in the Mrs. America conversation that we're having right now is that people really do believe these things. And then they they say it out loud, like they feel free enough to just say what they've been thinking inside all along and what they've been thinking since the beginning of time, honestly, about different races, point blank. So, David Marmel, the president and CEO of the Mrs. America pageant, um, Incorporated, I believe, (laughs) did not go on record, but he had a conversation with four, uh, I believe four contestants and one person who joined in, so I think five altogether, but four women came forward. Kimberly Phillips, Brandy Palacios, Jerry Ward, and Chrissy Timpson said that during a regular conversation that she had, they had with the director, I mean the president and CEO, Marmel, he allegedly, but whatever, made remarks about Rachel, racial stereotypes and professional athletes like Colin Kaepernick, like you just heard, um, who kneeled during the national anthem during a party um, before their interviews started for the pageant. And the pageant was in August. So you heard what he said. 
And he pretty much just said, he allegedly told him that black women need to stop having babies with four baby daddies. And all black men are in jail because they need to stop selling drugs and killing each other. So I, as a black woman, um, I don't have any kids or any baby daddies in my 20s. So that stereotype, one, wrong. And all black men are in jail. Um, hmm, okay. All black men are in jail, period. And, <laughs> like, even if you look at it, based off the 13th Amendment, jail has become legalized slavery. So it's just advanced from the 400 years ago. But he said, black, all black men are in jail because they need to stop selling drugs and killing each other. I don't know anyone who's a drug dealer or a murderer. And I'm pretty sure your president last, last year was not selling drugs and killing people too. We need to stop stereotyping people based on things we see in the media. And it's super annoying because Mr. Rumble, he's an older guy. He's been in charge of the pageant, the Mrs. America pageant, for 42 years, I believe. And, you know, he's an older person. And, you know, some older people who are not um, millennials, like myself, or um, Gen X, which is the 80 babies, sometimes they're stuck in that pre-civil rights thinking. Their parents probably taught them to be extremely racist, and then they grew up around the civil rights and had deeper problems with black people during the civil rights movement. And now they're older and they're in their 80s and 70s. And they, you know, you got to remember civil rights was only like 50 years ago. So even if he was in his 20s, you know, and, he, and say he was on on the wrong side of history, um, he's still an older guy. He still probably has those same thoughts. A lot of people have those same thoughts. We've seen it in the Trump presidency last year. People really saying how they've really been feeling all their lives. They just feel like they can say it now out in the open. So I'm assuming Mr. Mommel, um, whatever his name is, was, you know, just kikiing with these three African-Americans um, title holders, Mrs. New Jersey, Mrs. Ohio, Mrs. Missouri, and, and Mrs. Delaware. And he probably thought it was cool. Oh, these black women, yeah. They, and you know, some people, you kind of, with the pro. okay, so look, this is the problem with um, being racist. It's because you're friends with people who are different races who act like you, and you know them. Oh, he's not as bad as anybody else is. I know him. That's what you say about your black friends. I have black friends. I'm not racist. And then when you meet someone new that's a minority or whatever you're racist against, then you use those stereotypes. But you're not using stereotypes against your friend. You're using it against this new person. But once you start to know them and you realize, oh, they're not like everybody else, or you think that um, they're not like everybody else. This is a different Negro or something, you know. Then you become friends with them. Then you, then you might accidentally just have a Freudian slip and just say whatever you feel about black people in front of their face, not realizing you're talking to a black person. And I'm only speaking on this truly from experience, because there are some people who are say some things to me today, and I just got to give them a side eye. And I'm not going to go into a whole lecture on race every single time I talk to somebody. 
But it's just like, hmm, you, hmm, okay. Like, you thought that was okay to say that to me. Like, you realize, you know, you're still talking about my people as a whole. So you're stereotyping black men as killers and drug dealers and black women as nothing but sexual um, objects to use to give life to, I'm guessing, drug dealers and killers. <laughs> you're accusing your contestants, ultimately, bro, of being baby mamas and as if that's a bad thing. You know, there's nothing wrong with having kids. Why are black women shamed for having kids? Like, there's just as many single mother mothers that are white out there as there are there are black. I was raised in a two-parent household, so I don't have that story to tell you. So that's not all of our realities. We're not all one group. We don't all live underneath the same roof. You know, you got to separate us as individual people. And we're not the stereotypes. Are some people out here doing whatever? Yeah, but so are white people. You know, it's not a black-on-black crime problem. Blacks kill blacks. Whites kill whites. Asians kill Asians. You kill who you're around, you know? Not saying that's a D.L. Hughley joke. You got to watch it stand up. But you kill who you're around. You have beef with your people. You don't have beef with someone that's not like you unless you're around them, you know? you. So it's not a black-on-black crime or blacks are killing blacks. Whites are killing whites. And... Whites are killing whites in mass numbers, okay? So who really has a stereotype out here? That's almost true. (sighs) Reversing back to his comments. He pretty much said that black women need to stop having babies and black men need to stop shooting each other. And um, he mentioned that they're on welfare and killing each other. And then, of course, he threw in his black card, by proof. This, now, this is what people do to prove their validity or their credibility that they know what they're talking about or that they can say what they can say because they have a black friend or I did this black thing one time or I dated a black guy. His black card was that um, he worked with the former founder of Ebony Magazine and his co-workers gave them a pass at the time to say the N-word. Because they were brothers. So Ebony Magazine is a magazine out of Chicago, where I'm from. It's a black-owned magazine. It's just as big as, like, Vogue, but for the black community. You know is Ebony and Jet are owned by the same company, or at least they were, which is Johnson Publishing. And if you are from Chicago or just anywhere, you know your mama always had Jet Magazine in the bathroom. You never really saw it come in the mail, but it was always a new one in the bathroom. And Ebony was always out. Beauty shops everywhere you saw Ebony. And you know, as a, someone who's famous, if you made the cover of Ebony or Jet Magazine, you know you made it in real life. So Ebony Magazine is a predominantly African-American. It is African-American-owned. I'm guessing it's predominantly um, black journalists there. Still to this day, is still out. And um, he said that he worked at Ebony Magazine. So he had a pass to say nigger. And um, that the newsroom in Ebony was one of the most racist places. And then he proceeded to compare his the color of his skin by rolling up his shirt sleeve to one of the contestants. Um, I believe it was Mrs. Delaware. No, it was uh, Miss, Mrs. Missouri. And just to compare skin colors. Um, 
And it's just like one thing after another. And then finally, he mentioned signs that used to obviously say colored, colored people, white people. This is how you know how old he is. When he, he said he played baseball in the 60s. King got, so- King got shot in 64. And they had the, you know, the colored and the whites only signs on display. So this is must how this is must must have been how he really been feeling all his life, and now he feels like it's okay to say it to these contestants before an interview, at a national competition. I am over here drinking a Chardonnay right now, from Han, H A H N, um, in California. It is a 2016 Chardonnay, from Monterey County, California. I say we cancel David Marmo. The contestants there are asking for an apology and they step down. I'm sick of apologies. People are always apologizing for saying something that they feel. Don't apologize, bro. That's how you really feel. You know how hard it is for you to apologize when you're really not sorry? That's not, he's not sorry. He's sorry that he told the wrong people how he really feels. He told the wrong black people. Now, how he told the ones who were going to um, shuck and drive, they might not have said nothing. But he told the wrong group. It's bold, too. I'm telling you, 2018, people are bold to say that to black contestants. I don't know how many black contestants are in the Mrs. America pageant, but they don't have a history of black winners. Um, so for there be four state contestants that are black or women of color, that might be average out of 52 contestants or so so they want an apology and want him to step down i say we just cancel them all together i'm sick of apologies he's he's not he's not sorry that's how he really feels and just let him be at peace with that but not in charge of running this organization we can't we have to hold people accountable for what they say he wasn't saying this like in private to his brother or something. It doesn't make it right. But he was saying this out loud. And another contestant who was there who was white said she heard and she felt bad because she did not step in. How many times do you have that bystander effect? When you know something is wrong, whether it doesn't even have to be a racist moment, but you see someone getting bullied and you don't step in. You know, you don't say, hey, bro, look, on behalf of the white delegation, you're not right. That's not how we all feel. So don't put those words into our mouth and don't say that in front of my fellow contestants. I don't understand why people feel so ashamed or scared to tell people what it really is when they're coming from the same side of the fence. You know, like, you know you probably grew up with someone saying something off the wall in your family. We all got cousins or uncles who say something off the wall. You know you grew up listening to that, so you know that this must be like a, a cultural thing. Or there was a stereotype going around that black people go to college for free. What? How? Because I haven't been to college for free. I owe Eastern Illinois University almost $50,000 in debt. And that's just for my bachelor's degree. I also have a master's degree. <laughs> but someone actually put out there on Twitter that people, white people, think that black people go to college for free. Like for real, for real, for free. For the free, free. Five-finger discount college degree. And I'm just like, mm, no. 
no. And it's a history of, and not just like schools giving away this, the money for free, like tuition for free, or just getting scholarships because you're poor black. It's, it's also not true that blacks get more scholarships either for college. Whites actually get more scholarships by almost 70% compared to their African-American fellow counterparts. So, like, I don't understand why we need to get an apology or have him do sensitivity training, according to the Washington Post. He doesn't need that. He was in a black newsroom. He helped the founder make a black award show. That's what his claim to black fame is. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here for it. Like, what are he going to do? Just say, oh, sorry. And this happened almost 10 days ago. And he hasn't said anything except for um, that the comments were misconstrued. Like I said, he said that he said it to the wrong person. He's upset he said it to the wrong group of people. Because he said that uh, he was f- like flabbergasted or caught off guard by his comments. That's because he's really been saying this, but no one called him out on it. So he thinks it's okay. He thinks this rhetoric is okay. So... And then one thing that one of the contestants did mention, um, Chrissy Timpson from Miss, Mrs. New Jersey. Um, so she said the party was actually the second time she had heard these comments from Marmel, Marmel and that he had said them to her a couple of days before when she arrived in Las Vegas for the pageant. She said, quote, originally we weren't going to say anything because we all thought who would believe us. If we came forward after the pageant, people would think we were just upset about either not winning or placing the way we wanted, end quote. Like, <laughs> this is the reason why I started the podcast. Because I felt like a lot of contestants were silent about the abuse and the neglect and disrespect and the scamming that some of these pageant directors have for us. And that we feel so silent because we want to win. We really do want to win and be that person, Mrs. So-and-so. But the leadership behind it is a mess. Or they're cheating, or they're lying, or something's going on. But we're, but we're silent by it. The contestants as a whole are silent. So that's why I created the podcast. Because I felt like during my time at, Mrs. at Miss America, Miss Black America, the 15th anniversary of it in August, I felt like me and all of my contestants and several of the staff were treated very unfairly, very unjustly. We were starved. We were sleep deprived. We were in pain. Our voices was not heard when we went to the director, executive director, producer, whoever she is, twice about our issues. It was not her, and they had very, very bad management of that pageant. Very bad. And it's been systematic since 2014. I was really upset after that pageant. Really upset. Because I felt like, deep down, 36% of me wanted to win, but I just didn't want to deal with like we were we went through so much you guys and I'll tell you that in a later episode but it was pretty much hazing <laughs> and I didn't get pledged in so I just hate that we feel like we're silenced because we either want to win or that if we do say something it's because we lost and now we're coming out against the pageant. No, the pageant really isn't good. If this was a good pageant, I'll come back next year and do this again next year. I'm not going to talk down about the pageant if I, if I really want to be that person, unless I just got bad blood in me. But if your pageant was actually up to par 
Afterwards, I'll just come back and compete again. I won't be salty about it. But even if I don't win, I can still speak up without you feeling like I'm just ashamed or I'm just, you know, upset because I didn't win. F that. There's more to life than a crown and a sash. And there's more pageants than yours. So let these contestants speak up because they're telling the truth. Don't silence me. Um, and then lastly, Marmel mentioned that the contestants feel like they're doing this for as reverse discrimination. (sighs) Reverse discrimination is, um, not real, honestly. It's something that came out in the sixties and it's ultimately saying that the majority of a group feels like they are now being discriminated for the minority in that group. Like for instance, affirmative action. Since affirmative action allowed women and minorities and those with disabilities, anyone who's not a white male, (laughs) affirmative action stood up for us and said, hey, you know, you might wanna hire some of these people. And now since they hired a woman or since they're looking at a woman, they're gonna choose the woman over the man when it comes to like interviewing because they need to meet a quota of women at their jobs. So that way, also, the company is not full of all white males. I mean, if I could do the same job, if not better than my white counterpart, I'm a better option. But, you know, the women and minorities were looked over. So now they feel like they're being discriminated against for the women and minorities. That's reverse discrimination. When ultimately, that's not true because white males are the majority, period. So... They did this not to take away from white males, but to increase women and minorities. And I'm tired of people thinking that somebody is against them. We're not against you. We're just trying to get our foot in the door, too. We got to eat, too, bruh. And you guys can't just hog everything. Like, you can't hog everything. We're not discriminating against you, but sometimes you're not good. Step down. You know, sometimes you're just not, you're not fit for that. And what good is an environment if it all looks just like you? So that's the first discrimination. So I'm guessing he was just saying, like, I don't even know how he's using it in that sense. I feel like he just found that word. Oh, no, it's been around since the 60s. Boom. But I don't know. I don't know how. um, I'm trying to think of how he could feel like they're discriminated against him. That's what he's saying. The contestants as the minority race being black is discriminating against him as a white male. But I don't know how. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure. If you do, let me know. Slide in the DMs. This Chardonnay has been amazing. Mm-mm-mm. What are you guys sipping on? Let me know. I'm curious. You know I'm always curious what you guys are drinking. I say um, David Marmel, step down. Your comments were rude ignorant, negligent, and ultimately can cause actual malice and um, emotional trauma on these contestants. What you said was hurtful, bogus, and disrespectful, honestly, and racist. I would not feel comfortable competing in this system if I was a black woman next year under the leadership of someone who is showing them their true colors as a racist. 
he had no filter on him. And he felt he said he felt like he was caught off guard. So that means that he's talking at the mouth, which means that that's what he, that's what he really feels. He's really racist. I, I call for him to step down. I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. And then also a quick disclosure, Sean Marshall, the organization, Miss, uh, Mrs. America Organization VP, pushed back against the accusations from the girls saying the Marmal used no language that should have been interpreted as offensive and was speaking to them about his life experiences with the African-American community. Okay. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Step down. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope your glass is empty. And if you can, please subscribe. And if you want to even review this podcast, wherever you are listening to it, subscribe so that way you get my newest episode every time it drops and you guys can tune in. Until next week, you guys, cheers and thank you for listening. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.